Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we are executing Minute 66, which begins with Jesse walking out of the water, and it ends with Jesse heading back to the farmhouse. Okay, I get why you said it that way. You said it that way a couple of times off microphone, and I just thought you were being weird, but now I get it. (laughs) Started picking up what I was putting down there? Yes. Not as quick as you, but... Doing my uh, best Emperor Palpatine impression. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This minute is very low-key. Oh, absolutely. Things happen slowly in this minute. Mm-hmm. and doing doing a minute-by-minute minute podcast, analyzing, it makes for a difficult minute for us to analyze. Yeah. But seeing it in the middle of these three minutes mm-hmm. of the, the woods and the beach, seeing it in the middle, it adds so much to building tension and uncertainty, mm-hmm. and we already know everything that Jessie knows about her experience with the gang back at the ice cream place. So now we're experiencing her uncertainty here. It really, for the minutes coming up, it helps us put ourselves in her place and feel what she's feeling. It also helps us kind of digest what we saw last minute. Because as they were walking through the woods and as Toby stopped, he we were able to see Bubba and Toe Cutter. Yes. Like we were able to identify them. I don't think... Jesse saw what Toby saw because Toby no, ran back so. to her, and we are pretty sure that she didn't notice the bikers up on the beach, up on the cliff. I don't think she actually sees anything until well into the next minute. Right, but there is a sneaking dread. Yes, that we experienced in the woods, and now that we're at the beach, it's wide open. We can see everything. We, we're kind of given this minute. To digest what we saw and kind of do a threat assessment. And it kind of starts to dawn on Jesse that something really isn't right. Really at the tail end of this minute. Yes. Because when we start out, she's finished swimming. She's walking out of the water. She's going to go lie down for a bit. And I got to say, the whole idea of your actress walking out of the ocean is a pretty iconic shot in cinema. Yes. I think is... Probably as old as cameramen going to the beach in the first place and then having the bright ideas to point the camera at the ocean. Yes. The first person that comes to my mind is, of course, Bo Derek. Mm -hmm. Yep, Bo Derek in the movie 10. Yeah, maybe the most famous example of this. It actually came out that same year, 1979. Interesting. So the same year that Bo Derek was walking out of the ocean, you had Joanne Samuel walking out of the ocean. I think... They definitely didn't give Joanne Samuel the same treatment as other walking out of the ocean shots. No, and I'm glad that they didn't because hers felt very real. Mm -hmm. Like her hair was all matted down. Her bathing suit was like disheveled. If you look really closely, like she looks up a little bit exposed, not actually exposed, but like you do when, you know, you climb out of the water. Like the suit's not completely straight. Yes, you, you need to rearrange yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she, she looks very natural. Mm. And I can appreciate that. Because I don't look at Jesse and I don't think this person is 
an untouchable, you know, sex icon or something no, like that. She's no, she's very down to earth yes. and relatable. She is sexy. Like her legs, she's got fantastic legs. And they showed them off quite a bit in this movie, which yes, we have commented do. on before. Mm-hmm. So she is sexy, but she's not sexualized. Yes, I think that's a good way to put it. Yes. And we have gotten to know her personality quite a bit, especially lately. Mm-hmm. And we get a sense of her all-around person. Yeah, she's a individual who possesses a sexuality, but she is not a sexual object. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I figured it would be cool to jump on Google and look at some of these iconic walking out of the ocean shots. And the first one that popped into my mind, because I'm a bigger fan of the James Bond movies, was, of course, Ursula Andress in Dr. No. She comes out of the ocean, she's wearing that kind of belted bikini thing, and she's got like a knife on her belt, but she's the operative that James Bond meets up with. And they actually took that scene and they kind of mirrored it and borrowed it for Halle Berry's appearance in the James Bond movies. Was that Tomorrow Never Dies? She was in the one with the The Korean Diamonds. Yeah, the solar satellite. I I don't know James Bond, so I'm really guessing here. (laughs) The the one with the ice, that's basically all I know. <laughs> yeah. So the one with the ice is the one with the Korean diamonds. Okay. The dude who undergoes plastic surgery so that he can look British. And then he has okay. a satellite with a bunch of diamonds that focus sunlight. And then they end up melting the ice thing. Okay. With him inside and Pierce Brosnan has to smash an open door. Okay. And Halle Berry is like an American counterpart to yep. James Bond, correct? Okay. I think there's like Agent Jinx or something like that. But okay. yeah, she does that iconic walking out of the ocean thing. Mm-hmm. And Pierce Brosnan is there being a creep with his binoculars. And... Oh, it wouldn't be a James Bond movie without James Bond being a creep. Yep. That's pretty much his thing. What I like about the James Bond series, though, is they kind of flipped the script in 2006 with Daniel Craig. Yes, I absolutely agree that he got his own sexy walk. Yeah. Well, I mean, water. of the James Bonds that I've seen in my lifetime, when you compare their physiques, I feel that Daniel Craig has the best body of the James Bonds that they have cast. I agree, but with the caveat that if you put their bodies in context of the times, mm-hmm. then Sean Connery rivals Daniel Craig. Yeah, that because, makes sense. Yeah, because body expectations and views were so different back when Sean Connery was Bond. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Daniel Craig is... yeah. Yeah. Every time I think of Sean Connery's physique in reference to James Bond, all I can think of is Thunderball, where they have the giant underwater scuba battle, and he's wearing a <laughs> one-piece bathing suit. so anticlimactic. Where it, the bottom of his bathing suit is pretty much briefs, and so he's got briefs and then kind of like a full shirt, I think with long sleeves, but then he's just got his white legs poking out the bottom of the swimsuit swimming around it looks ridiculous <laughs> so he didn't spend enough time out in the sun exactly like, like jesse did mm-hmm. i do have a couple more notable mentions before we jump back to jesse um in the 1959 movie suddenly last summer elizabeth taylor got her own walking out of the ocean scene okay. but that one is kind of tainted by there's like a group of like 15 20 guys on the other side of a chain link fence that are all like leering at her yeah. As she's doing it. And it's just really skeezy feeling. Yeah, that makes it a little gross. Like, in a lot of these shots that are more, you know, 
iconic that pop into people's memories. The camera is really sexualizing these actresses, but in Suddenly Last Summer, you really focus more on the fact that she's getting leered at than the fact that she's walking out of the water, which is not the case for Marilyn Monroe, who got her own walking out of the water scene in 1961's The Misfits. It's pretty much just her and... Oh, I'm going to lose my movie cred. Hold on. Oh, you're looking it up. I'm looking it up. Misfits. Ah. Clark Gable. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's just her and Clark Gable on the beach. Yeah. So it's different. It's more, it's a little more personal. Exactly. Like she's being sexy for him. Mm-hmm. And I was able to find a <laughs> top 12 list of sexy beach moments or something like that. And I was reading through the list and I don't know. It just didn't seem like a very good list because two of the entries were from Charlie's Angels movies. Yeah, I I think that when we're examining an iconic scene like this, I just don't think of Charlie's Angels, the new ones, I should specify, mm-hmm. the new movies, as being at all iconic. I mean, if there's a if there's a walking out of the ocean scene in the classic old school Charlie's Angels. That would that, be one thing. <laughs> that I'll take. Yeah. Uh, but the new ones, I don't know. Yeah, it's like kind of a, no were, thank you. <laughs> yeah, they were never my cup of tea. A little gratuitous on the sexiness. Yeah, well, a little. Yeah, I'd say okay. a lot. I would say a lot. <laughs> so as Jessie is walking out of the ocean, she's approaching her blanket and whatnot. She's going to lay down for a bit. And we kind of fade to just a shot of the sun high in the sky. Mm-hmm. And then we fade back down to Jessie kind of lying there with her eyes closed. And we get the sense that she's been there for a while. Yes. I was wondering if maybe you were able to notice, because you are more observant than me, any change in the placement of the sun that would denote a time change. Like how long she's been there. I was not. Okay. I was not able to do that. Um, so we don't. We have no idea how long she's been there. Right. Now, as someone who enjoys taking naps and someone who enjoys going to the beach, mm-hmm. like if you went solo to the beach and laid down in the sun. I don't think I've ever fallen asleep at the beach. No. No. Yeah, I don't think I've ever fallen asleep at the beach. I actually have a hard time just laying there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more the type to go sit in the waves swim walk up and down but always like in the water in some way yeah i'm there for the water not the sand yeah i think this is definitely kind of a to make another star wars reference (laughs) in attack of the clones padme brings anakin to her like lakeside summer thing place it's like a mansion and they talk about how when she was a kid her and her friends would swim out to this little island and just lay on the beach and let the sun warm their bodies on the sand which of course prompts anakin's i don't like sand it gets everywhere it gets everywhere guy's the worst big baby but i feel like that's what she's doing here she's just kind of laying out so that she can dry out yeah she's just laying there so she can dry off (laughs) yes i realize dry out is a weird term yes but I usually do the same thing because yeah. I don't like I don't like putting on my cover and then getting in the car wet and being dripping wet. Yeah, yeah. I like to I like to be dry. Plus, then it's easier to get the sand off of you if you're dry. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she's probably been lying here for half an hour, hour, forty five minutes, depending on how hot it is that day. And I did notice she's not burnt at all. No, now, I know burns take time to develop, so we wouldn't necessarily see a burn right then and there. Yeah, but. 
you know, there's no skin change to denote maybe she's been there too long. Yeah. Or anything like that. I mean, we pretty much surmise that she's been there too long for Toby because as she's laying there, he kind of runs off. He just kind of leaves. Now, am I correct in noticing that he perks up at the sound of a crow again? Yep, it was another crow sound. Yeah, so he's like asleep, lying next to her. We hear a crow. He perks up and is like, oh, well, since I'm awake, I'm going to go run off. Oh, yeah. And, and he runs off over over the rocks. Yeah, and we hold on that shot where from him sitting right next to Jesse to him pretty much almost being over the ridge, we sit on that shot and watch him run yes. the entire way, which I can't help but feel like because that shot includes Jesse's butt, <laughs> might have something to do with why we watched Toby run for so long. I don't know. I, I'm trying to find meaning in it. Like, what are they telling us? I've only watched, I've only analyzed up to minute 67, the next minute. So I don't know specifically what happens after that, mm-hmm. you know, analyzing level. But I know it's a little while till we see Toby again. So are we watching him leave because we are watching him go? And that leaving means something? Well. I don't know when we see Toby again. Do you know when we see Toby again? Not off the top of my head. I'd have okay. to yeah, scroll forward in, the in my future. notes. But I know it's not next minute. Right. I think Toby being led away by the sound of the crow, I feel like Toe Cutter was able to recognize that Toby detected them. Yes. And so in an effort to... Isolate her. Yeah, exactly. To keep Jesse more on guard. Maybe he orchestrated. Yes. Luring, luring the dog away. the dog away. So that, that way Toby's make... not there... That to give her an extra set of ears. Of sense. Yeah. And I mean, it's the perfect time to do it because Jesse is essentially, you know, asleep. She's not conscious of where where all what's happening here. <laughs> because after Toby runs off, we cut back to Jesse just laying face down on the beach. It's kind of like a high angle. We can kind of see her spread out. And as we cut down on her face, her eyes kind of flutter and open. And she lifts her head and kind of looks around. And you get the sense that she's wondering where Toby went? Yes, she definitely seems a little confused um, and unsettled. Yeah, especially when she actually stands up. And we kind of get the shot of her center frame. And she's looking around. And I'd say it's kind of a mixture of like post-nap grogginess Mm -hmm. combined with wonder. Yes, Like she looks one way, she looks the other way. And yeah, she just doesn't seem quite with it. Yeah. Which I mean, you've been in that boat before. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's the type of feeling that you get sometimes after a nap. You wake up, you don't know what time it is. She has no way of knowing what time it is. Yeah, she's not wearing a watch. Nope. So she doesn't know what time it is. She doesn't know where her dog is. She she already knows that there are bad things out in the world. But she that doesn't may or may not be after know. her. Exactly. She doesn't know there's that a, they're after her specifically. Yes, there's uncertainty there. Mm-hmm. She knows they're out there, but she doesn't know that they're there at the farm, at the beach. So she packs up her things and heads out. Yeah. I mean, very matter of fact. Yeah, it seems very practical. We go from the shot of her kind of looking around and, and, you know, waking up. And then it's just kind of a smash cut to her. Everything gathered up, covering back on, walking off the beach, going in the same general direction that Toby went. Yes. I would have liked to see a little bit of her packing up Mm -hmm. just to get a sense of her state of mind right now. Mm -hmm. Because we have a couple theories about what she's feeling and the state that she's in but we don't really know yeah she's not the kind that talks to herself right which 
And she doesn't call she's out for the dog. Nope. So she's it's like she's wondering where he is, but she's also not that concerned. Yeah. I think that definitely goes back to the fact that it is such a new dog. Yes. And that we know of, they haven't named the dog. So we have. What, so what would she call out? Exactly. You know, dogs learn to recognize their name and they answer to their name. Well, what is she going to call out to the dog that's actually going to respond to? I don't really think anything. Yeah, I think that's definitely an omission that they, they could have snuck into the script there. Yeah. Just that, that one little thing of giving the dog a name so that way as she's walking back through the woods, she, she can be, be calling, calling out for it. Yeah. And this is the second time that we feel like it would have been appropriate for her to be saying his name. Mm-hmm. The other one being by the car when he's got the hand. Yeah, there's there's these little moments where they could have snuck it in. Right. And it would have benefited us. Yes. <laughs> that way we're not making up names that we read off of a list. Yeah. <laughs> So she, yep, she packs up and heads off towards the rocks, which makes me rethink yesterday when I wondered how she got down that cliff. Yeah. Quite, quite high cliff. So she heads off to the side. So perhaps she climbs over the rocks and it's less steep, less, less of a cliff on the other side. Something easier to climb up, which probably has a set of stairs. Yeah. Well, based on the satellite stuff I was looking at, you go over... You know, those rocks, you go around the bluff and you head down Half Moon Beach and you eventually get to a nice sloping path that leads back up to the parking areas. Okay. So I know that it's not a one-to-one thing. Right. Like she's walking there specifically to go back up because we get kind of a another smash cut from her walking on the beach to her already in the woods. Yes, we never we get a skip sense. a few steps. Yeah, we... <laughs> Going to and leaving, we never get a sense of the woods relationship to the beach. Mm-hmm. Both ways, we jump. Yeah. And I think we we jump rather egregiously in yesterday's minute. And I feel like the walk that she starts, I think it's 43 seconds into this minute, she's back in the woods. And she spends the next day and a half, so minute and a half, walking through the woods. So pretty much twice, maybe three times as long go getting back as she took going to. Yes, and the the walk back is definitely more eventful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's definitely more on her guard. Mm-hmm. And we get a little bit of a sense of that as we see her walking for these first 12 seconds or so. Yeah. the She's walking slower without as much purpose. She's kind of looking around, obviously looking for Toby, because that dog has got to be somewhere. Yes. And the dog is enough attached to her that he left May to join her to go down to the beach. Mm-hmm. Of course, he didn't know they were going down to the beach. He just saw Jesse going off and said, hey, I'd rather hang out with her than May. Yeah. So he has some sort of attachment to Jesse. So for him to run off and not reappear. Yeah, that's concerning. It is concerning. And I think for Jesse, that's the first big concerning detail that she runs into. Yes. Because the walk out was very uneventful. The time at the beach was very uneventful. But now Toby's gone. Yes. And so and something seems off. During the walk out, Toby didn't stay with her the whole time. But he kept going back to her. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't he didn't run off for too long. And for her to get off the beach, over the rocks, 
up whatever hill or cliff and make it to the woods, that's a decent amount of walking for him not to reappear yet. Yeah. No wonder she's looking around, walking kind of slow. Yeah. And then some some sound effects start up. Yeah. Because we once we get back to the forest, we start hearing those specific forest sound effects. Yes. It was interesting. I did notice when we were still on the beach, very the, the sound effects were very beach heavy. Mm-hmm. Lots of seagulls, yes. water, and like that. so now we have flipped to woods type sound effects. But I, the the format that we do cutting it, cutting the minute right at this point does a bit of disservice to the sound effects mm-hmm. because as soon as we start the next minute, the sound effects that hear sound like woodland creatures of various sorts, like morph into what clearly is humans mm. making weird and intimidating sound effects. Okay. Definitely want to come so, back to that tomorrow. Yeah, so we get for sure. so during that morph we get cut off. Yeah. So I think that does a disservice to that transition. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And that's where that's where the minute cuts off. I think twenty five minutes I think we're good enough. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna take a step back from this minute for now. We're gonna pick up tomorrow right where we left off. So join us then. In the meantime, our website is madmaxminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook, and join our listeners page, Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 66. We'll see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and leather men.